ninth episode of Side Pitch. It's the podcast from the current creators of the world to the future creators of the world. That's you. I'm your host, Callan Swain, and today I am very excited to introduce to you Vanessa from Wander Onwards. Originally from the West Coast of the United States, she decided at a very young age to pick up her things and move to China. After working in China for a bit, one fateful New Year's Eve night, Vanessa sat down at her computer and she wrote a blog post that ended up going viral and had launched her into what her extremely successful side pitch is now called Wandered Onwards. Today, she has over 21,000 followers on Instagram and has specialized in creating content such as YouTube videos on travel and personal finance, podcasts, and even webinars. This woman is cool. Here's her story. Hi, everyone. My name is Vanessa Mentraka Bachtmeister. It's a long name, I know. Full-time, I work for one of the world's leading travel tech companies. And then in my spare time, I own two businesses, Wander Onwards and With Love Travel. And my main focus is about wealth and wanderlust because that's that's where I'm at in my life. I'm a, an adult woman and I'm going to still pursue my travels around the world, but I got bills to take care of. I got people to take care of. I have this cat who's hella expensive. So if you're an adult, if you have bills to pay, but you still want to embrace that wanderlust, like childish side inside of you, come check me out. Well, so you have an awesome story. So tell us you're American, you're from LA, and how did you get to Germany? Yeah, so it's kind of a roundabout story. I'm originally from LA. I really didn't like it there. So I moved to Boston for my undergrad. Still hated there. And I was like, wow, I'm running out of places to try. So I moved to China by myself at age 21 with like no plan, no languages. I didn't speak Chinese. I'd never been to China. I just showed up. And then two years later, after all this like chaos, I met my now husband. And he was actually transferred to London and was like, oh my God, I know we've only known each other for three months, but I love you so much. You're the light of my life. Please come with me. And so, I mean, you can't, you can't pass up an offer like that. So I moved to London in like four weeks. I quit my job. I left my friends. I moved all my shit. Uh, and then six years later, we got married, uh, and we moved to Germany, uh, to start a new life here, still with the same travel tech company, uh, that I was working for in London. I was really blessed that they allowed me to move here. It must've been a pretty big culture shock from China to London, then to Germany, right? Yeah, but this is like my best life. Um, honestly, <laughs> if I'm not visibly different in some way, I am not happy emotionally. So moving to different cultural um, areas allowed me to learn new languages, new skills. It really tested me as um, a person and how resilient I am. And, and that's the shit I live for. Love it. Love it. So you have your hands in so many different pots. I've seen you on podcasts. I've seen you on Instagram, on Facebook, blogs, YouTube. So could you explain both of your company? Wander Onward is my main business. I've had it since 2013 as like a travel blog. And I was kind of moving in and out of like the unofficial channels of business. Um, and it wasn't until last year that I started taking it super seriously um, really traveling all over the world. I went to Cuba, I went to Mexico, Italy, Poland, um, all over uh, Europe to blog about travel. Um, and to be like honest, it was mostly like gift exchanges. So you get to stay here in exchange for that or have this experience exchange for that. And then when COVID hit, 
um, nobody was traveling. So I'm like, oh my God, my entire like professional career and my blogging side hustle is like come to a screeching halt. What am I going to do? So I started to pivot. And in the last couple of years, I have a little bit of money to my name. So I've been learning about investing, about budgeting, about financial wellness. Um, and it was really hard to get into that industry and to understand all the stupid jargon because this information is made for like wealthy white men. And I don't know, Callan, do you know what an expense ratio is? I don't. What is that? Exactly. This is some bullshit. Um, <laughs> it's the percentage that you're going to be charged for some company to manage your money or your index fund or your ETF. And I've just said more words that like the average young lady wouldn't necessarily encounter or know unless she went out looking for it. I took what I knew about tech and I started to build financial products, informational products to be specific. And then I built a how to move abroad masterclass on Teachable through my company With Love Travel that focuses um, solely on travel, travel experiences, travel information. Um, and I had um, nine students sign up for a five-week course at $500 a ticket. 100% of my attendees are people of color and 30% are part of the LGBTQ plus community. So it's been really special to serve these incredibly um, unique individuals because they come from all over, but also monetize my passions and my interests because uh, I have bills to pay. All of those things are so incredibly impressive. And I told you during our first chat that my friend and I, who had just moved to London as well, talking about how ridiculous it is that we have to do so much research to figure out if you can get a second job on your visa. What happens if you get laid off? Can you travel to other countries right now during COVID? What does that mean? And thought, this is crazy that this hasn't been invented. And then this is the second reason why the world brought us together, because I even asked you about how to do my taxes like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I have messed up my taxes because I was too ambitious, really. And now I have assets in three countries. So I am happy to help anyone with questions or concerns. But also, small reminder, I am not a financial planner. I'm not a tax accountant. Please don't sue me. <laughs> I do want to take a little step back and ask, what were you like as a child? And do you did you ever in a million years think that this is where your life was going to be when you were at this age? Oh, man, I was a really anxious and insecure child. So I didn't have many friends like my books were my friends. Um, and I came from a really bizarre environment, not bizarre, like strange in some way. Anyway, um, my city was predominantly Chinese American or like Chinese immigrant. So I grew up surrounded by Chinese culture, Chinese people, Chinese language. Um, and in my school, my high school, it was only like 60% Chinese um, descent or people of descent and the rest were Mexican. Uh, and I was very much the only like Mexican American in these upper echelon classes, AP bio, AP calc, blah, blah. Um, mm. So I had this like identity crisis of who I was because people would call me the token Mexican in AP biology and, and all that jazz. So um, wow. I just, I just didn't fit in. Uh, and that kind of led me on this journey of where do I fit? Where's my place in the world? Uh, like my tagline for my masterclass about moving abroad is find your place in the world because 
that's what I've been hunting for so for so long. Um, and I, my dad actually owned his own finance business, and I saw him really like suffer to make it work. He didn't accept any funding from anyone. This was completely a hundred percent him. And I saw the long hours. I saw the like emotional stress, and I thought. I am never opening a business. This is just too stressful. Well, and I know looking at a lot of your posts, which you have amazing, amazing content, it's all extremely informative, which is something that I've said, I think on some other episodes that I'm really impressed over the past few months, maybe just the way that I'm curating my timeline, but how informative Instagram has become and a lot of business pages and things like that. And so I learned something from every single one of your posts. One of them, I know it's a big part of your identity is being Latinx. Mm -hmm. And so could you kind of explain to people who don't know what Latinx is and how you've incorporated that into your business? Latinx is kind of confusing. Um, you can say Latinx, Latinx. It's this movement that we want to remove the gentrification of Latino um, as a way to describe our community. And Hispanic never really sit well with many people in the Latinx community because it specifies um, Spanish origin and like they colonized, raped and murdered all of us. So we don't want to be associated with those people. There's also a lot of colorism in, in the Latinx community. So um, if you are of Spanish descent, you tend to be lighter and therefore more privileged and therefore more wealthy. So this is like a, a reclaiming movement that we're driving. That being said, it is very hard to like get all of us on board because unlike the black movement in America, um, Latinos really like fraction ourselves. Um, like those people are Hondurans, those people are Mexicans, those people are Argentinians, and we kind of other one another. So um, to let other Latinx kids, people, women, whatever know that it's possible to live abroad, it's possible to get your shit together. I started like more heavily identifying publicly as Latinx um, because I want my people to know like we out here, we doing stuff, come join the fiesta. I love that. There's actually quite a large Latinx. I need to learn to kind of incorporate that into my language as well because we would say Hispanic population in Indiana, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And my mom works with a lot of Spanish-speaking families. You're totally right in terms of people like, you know, I'm Costa Rican, I'm Mexican. So I think it's really cool that you're doing that, especially in Europe. How have Europeans taken that? Europeans are in a totally different mindset than us. So a lot of the discussions that I endure here are all about like, why do you focus so much on race or cultural background? Europeans think that Americans are race-obsessed. Um, but what they forget is we haven't really dealt with the race issue in America and black, brown people are being killed and persecuted at unimaginable rates in comparison to the model minorities or, or our white um, uh, community members. So that's why we have to talk about race. In comparison, Europeans are equally racist. Like, let's not put up, uh, beat around the bush, but they discriminate more uh about passport versus like cultural or uh, racial background. So their version of racism is othering the Eastern Europeans, othering the African um, immigrants. But if they were to meet a African American person, they would immediately, immediately qualify them as American. So this is a safe immigrant. Um, and I actually talk about race and, and moving up around the world 
in my masterclass because it's such a big deal. Um, I think it's important that we talk about the, the beautiful stuff and the not so beautiful stuff so people are aware of the situations they're going to encounter. I think it's a it's a big joke, especially the team that I am on. They are all from different countries. We were a team of 12 and there were no two people from the same country, which I thought was absolutely amazing coming from the U.S. where every single person on my team was from Seattle, Washington. Yeah. In the U.S., if someone says, what are you? Offensive to a lot of people. A lot of white people would say, I'm Irish or I'm German Czech. Mm-hmm. And here you say, I'm American. They make fun of Americans for saying that, that they're Irish. And it's like, you're not Irish, you're American, you have Irish descent. And so it's a very, very complex conversation. Is that what you've heard as well? Yeah, for sure. Because when people ask me like, what are you? I'm, I always say American too. And they're like, okay, but why do you look like that? <laughs> I was like, well, I love Mexican descent. But whenever I go to Mexico, I'm like, there's a lot of Mexicans here. <laughs> because... I'm second generation. I've never lived in Mexico. My Spanish is not the best, but um, I'm trying. I'm reconnecting. In America, we have a word called Chicana or Chicano, which means of Mexican descent, but born in American. And that is the term that I really identify with, but not a lot of people know what that means. Wow, 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 wow. It's, it's so interesting hearing a different viewpoint of the race conversation. Going into your journey as a businesswoman, when did the idea occur to you, hey, I want to start a business and I want to see where this goes? I think I naturally fell into it in 2014 because on New Year's Eve, I was stood up by a boy at a New Year's Eve party and then I was like really ill. I had salmonella. um, So I was trying to get over that. I also lost all my jobs. So I had like negative $10,000 in my bank account. And then like the icing on the cake was I had to walk home in Beijing at three o'clock in the morning without my heels on to get home. Uh, Because I couldn't get a cab. So when I got home, I went on Facebook and I saw all these people getting engaged because people lack creativity. Um, and I was so drunk and emotional. I wrote an article called 23 things to do before getting engaged before you're 23. And like between you and I, Callan, I'll send you this article. I'm hilarious on the internet. I have sarcasm. I have reflection. I have the whole package. And (laughs) so I wrote this article. The 23 things were some like bullshit ideas I had. One was like, eat a whole jar of Nutella. One was like, uh, kiss a stranger blah, blah. I posted it to my Facebook where I had exactly 160 followers and I closed my laptop and like slept for the next 10 hours. When I woke up, I woke up to a shit storm. Like I had 2.4 million hits on my website in two days, 48 hours. It just started snowballing. So the first, it was the conservative media that picked it up and like a whole bunch of people were responding being like, this woman has no morals. This woman hates military families who marry young. This woman hates religion, blah, blah, blah. Um, and wow. then the um, uh, liberal media jumped in, excuse me, and like the HuffPo reposted it. And like all these people started dealing my shit. And people were like recording reaction YouTube videos to it, which I thought was hilarious. Like I'm 23, no, I'm 22. I'm in China by myself. Who cares what I think? But the world did. (laughs) 
And that kind of launched me into business mode, whether I liked it or not, because I was so desperate to find work because I was too sick to like go out and physically work that I started working from my laptop in my room. I taught myself how to code so I could build websites for people on, uh, and I taught myself with like YouTube and books that I illegally torrented online. And that's how Wander Onwards was born. That's an amazing story. It's so strange to think about. Like I had people sending me death threats over this little article about getting married young. And honestly, the reflection part, and you can read it for yourself, is actually kind of sad. Like I acknowledge, why are all these other basic bitches getting engaged when I can't even find a man to like show up for me on New Year's Eve? And like, like what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this down? Um, and so everybody ignored that. They just focused on the like number four, Kiss a Stranger, um, and the title. And um, it, it was bizarre how this torpedoed into something completely different. Well, I'm thinking that's a pretty healthy way of getting out anger, right? An amazing blog post and then shut your computer and become Insta-famous. Did anything else come of that after, I guess you probably had a lot of followers after that blog post. Was it pretty easy to start up the company after that because you had so much notoriety? Yes. So I started pitching other brands from my bedroom in my pajamas. Uh, I started pitching myself as like a social media expert, a marketing expert, blah, blah, blah. And people paid me money. They paid me thousands of dollars to manage their social media. If we're going to be like quite honest, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I suddenly started having to Google and YouTube and watch all of these other credible people to back up my claims of I can do this, I can do that. And eventually I, I finally learned how to do all of these things. So um, it, it was like a, what is this? A crucible? Is that the right word? Where... Yeah. I was put under immense pressure. I had half the world calling for my head. And I was like, you can either take advantage of this crisis or continue to collapse into this black hole that you're currently in. And I chose the former. I was like, okay, never waste a good crisis. Let's start working through this. Um, and Wander Onwards became an official business. The end of this interview, I usually ask people, what are three pieces of advice? But I'm going to go ahead and tab that one. Never waste a good crisis, which is so relevant right now. This has given me a lot of anxiety. This is such a good opportunity to create something amazing, change my life, to pivot. Like I chopped off all my hair. I'm like, I'm a new woman. Look, I don't feel like I have taken advantage of this crisis, but I know you have. So can you kind of talk about that? I am here in Germany, uh, essentially by myself. I moved here one week before all the borders shut. So I don't really have a lot of friends and I got a lot of time and energy. Um, <laughs> I sat down with myself and I had a lot of like internal reflection. I was like, okay, this is a crucible moment. Your entire livelihood focuses around travel. This could literally be it for you. So what do you have to offer the world that people are willing to pay for. I have made more money in the last four months of COVID than I have the entire time I've had Wander Onwards for the last seven years. Like, I don't know, wow. it's, it's bananas. It was because I really sat down and I have all these years of experience with product management and I just reapplied my tech knowledge to my personal businesses. So I wrote a flow. I like figured out my, my customer profiles. I set up a sprint iteration so I could keep myself on track and, and on time. 
Um, but really it, it was the self-reflection of what, what do I offer this world? What is my gift? And my gift is I can move to different places without any language skills, without knowing anyone. And I think other people would want to learn how to do the same thing. I created this masterclass. Another gift I have is I can take complex information and make it like sexy, fun, and easy to understand. So I started doing these webinars about personal finance called Finances in Fuego with five other girls. And so this then started to snowball because once people started to see, I crank out great products. Now, all of a sudden, everybody wants to feature me or bring me onto a panel. I'm going to be um, on a panel for Teachable in September. They have 500,000 people on their mailer. Like this could be massive as a brand. So have you ever had any imposter syndrome? All the time. I, the joke is I like to cry um, in, my, in my home by myself. <laughs> but I think something that really challenged me as well was my full-time job um, because I'm currently working in a like semi-technical role as an API integration project manager. It's not coming naturally to me. There's so much information there's constant problems. Um, and sometimes I really doubt myself because I'm, I'm the youngest on the team. I didn't come from a technical background. There was a lot of challenges I had to overcome just to get here. And now I, I feel like I'm quote unquote, the worst one on my team sometimes. I deal with that all the time. Example of having a fish climb a tree. If you had this as a test where you test a monkey, an elephant and a fish to climb a tree, of course the fish is gonna think it's dumb. Of course, the elephant is going to think that it's not valuable and that its skill set is not worthy. Um, but that's not that's not a great test. So sure, I might not be the most technical person yet, but holy shit, I created a whole other business, and my businesses might out earn my full time salary this year. Like that's the trajectory I'm going for by the end of uh, next year. So then, what are your your goals moving forward with Wander Onwards? We'll start with. I don't want to work, Callan. I am tired. I don't want to lean in. I want to lie down. <laughs> that is the goal. Have you heard of FIRE before? I have not. Okay. It stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And it's all about saving large portions of your salary or your side hustle, whatever, and investing it in different income streams so you can retire early when you want to and not when the state tells you. And that's my goal. I'm going to retire at 48. I'm on track. I'm not working for no damn person. And I don't even need my husband's money. Like this is my money and my ambition by myself. Yes, yes, yes. So your other company, do you plan on continuing to run both of them as separate entities? Yes. Because Americans be suing everyone. And <laughs> With Love Travel is a UK-based company and that extra layer of security of being a non-american entity gives me a lot more coverage in case anybody wants to sue me for anything basically i run all of my high risk um, ventures through with love travel i also um, organize boutique luxury travel experiences for women around the world through with love travel and then all of my like financial education stuff that is informational that's less risk. So I run that through Wander Onward. Okay. And then in terms of the the business setup, it sounds like you, for Finances and Fuego, you said that you're working with five other women. So that sounds like more of a partnership rather than them as employees. How do you know if you wanted to actually hire employees or interns? Okay. So when you set up a company, you're going to set up 
if you're an American, an LLC first. So that is the sole proprietorship of the company, meaning there's only one of you. You can opt to hire more people and expand that LLC, but like the default is sole proprietor. For me, I hire contractors. So I have a, a slew of uh, people working for me at all times with limited contracts. Um, and then I pay them as contractors and maintain my autonomy of my business. So I haven't had to run into the hiring of interns or other people just yet. That being said, when you're hiring someone, there's a like full time, there's additional benefits, insurances, and considerations that you need to do. So unless you're raking in over $100,000 worth of profit, not like gross income, you need to seriously evaluate if it's worth doing that. Okay. How did you learn this? Where did you find this? Is this just your own research or did you hire a consultant? It's a blend. So I started with my own research, made a bunch of mistakes, hired a very fancy um, (laughs) accountant, and that really like straightened me out a lot. Um, So I just continued to build upon my knowledge. But um, when I'm cooking in the kitchen, when I'm showering, I'm always playing YouTube tutorials. So I'm learning throughout the day, picking up bits and pieces. Um, My mind is really restless. I don't know if you experience this. A lot of entrepreneurs, um, I assume, do. Um, So I might as well just like learn while I'm doing chores or washing dishes. Um, and this is how I've really been able to scale my business quickly because all of my time is optimized. Yes, so important. So what are your next events that you're going to be doing? I know you you spoke about one, but what are a few other things that are on the radar? Okay, some fun things for people to look out for. Next week, we have a Finances and Fuego Part Dose uh, where we talk about setting up businesses. Like why set up an LLC? Why run your taxes through a company? If you are a contractor of Uber, Instacart, anything like this, I don't understand why people aren't opening LLCs. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind. Did you know that you can expense all of your travel, all of your tech, even your home through an LLC? And so if you're an Uber driver, I don't understand why you're not setting up like an LLC to protect yourself because it also allows you to insure against anyone that could come for your assets. So when people go after you, you're sued as a limited liability company and they can't touch your, your salary. They can't touch your, your independent income, your house, your kids, your debt, like That's nothing amazing. like that. They can't, they can't wow. touch it. So protect yourself. And we're talking all about this in Finances in Fuego next week. You don't have to be there live. You can um, be part of it um, afterwards because everything's recorded. Um, and I will be sending you a link. Another project is the second round of my Move Abroad Masterclass. Um, It starts October 1st. Uh, It's a five-week course, a blend between videos, reading content, and then we have a live class at the end of the week. Um, And this is all in preparation for the November 4th election. Yes. Come heaven or hell, you are ready and graduate with a six-month plan for getting the hell out of America. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about this marketing, but if you've ever been even curious about how to leave, we go over visa stuff, bank accounts, finding a house, finding a job, integrating languages, what it means to travel as a person of color, a woman, part of the LGBTQ community. It is very thorough. 
Also, how to access healthcare abroad. So important. Yes, exactly. And then I'm also working on two separate books. One is called Wanderlust Woman. It is a fiction book based off of my real life experience in China. It's crazy. I'm calling it fiction so I can have plausible deniability. <laughs> but that's great. And then I'm also creating a how to move abroad um, manual slash book. Cannot wait for those things. Oh my gosh, they sound amazing. Thank you. And so then the final thing that I ask at the end of any, every interview, if you could give me and all the listeners three pieces of advice that you have for someone trying to start a business or start a side hobby, what would they be? First, and I think most important one is put your idea out into the universe publicly and shame yourself in order to get it done. <laughs> if you start telling people you're writing this book, bitch, you better write that mother freaking book. Uh, <laughs> this is how I held myself accountable for this masterclass. I just kept telling people I was building it. So eventually I had to build it. Um, and yeah. then people started coming out to support me. They started sharing my content. They started telling people about it and I couldn't let those people down. So here we are. Um, a second piece of advice would be protect yourself early. So I made a lot of mistakes setting up my businesses, which cost me like a heavy fine afterwards. And if I had only been like more proactive with hiring someone else to do it correctly, because this is not my passion, um, I could have saved myself a lot of like anxiety, money and tears. Um, so get someone else to do the boring stuff, but don't ignore the boring stuff. And third, get your finances in order. Like make sure you have that emergency fund. Make sure you understand what your investments are doing. Make sure you have investments. Because when your financial life is in order and running and, and a well-oiled machine, you have creative flexibility to focus on another business that will only add to your amazing situation and circumstance. I find that anxiety about money is the quickest way to kill a business because then you start creating out of desperation and you start missing things and you start really only focusing on the dollar signs. Whereas when you start a new business, you're going to be in the red for the first year. Like I bet you money, you'll be in the red. I'm in the red, <laughs> but that's because I keep investing in this business, knowing that this base is going to take me even farther in the future. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so pumped. Where can people find you? Where can people find you to learn more about your businesses? Well, my number one platform is of course, Instagram. Um, you can find me at wander onwards and then you can check out all of my content on wanderonwards.co that's where i host my um youtube videos all my written content these are my main two platforms i also love it when people dm me like please talk to me on the internet internet friends like i am ready and willing um, I also have loads of pre-made content so if you have any questions i have an article about it i promise um, and, and I love meeting people all around the world. I can be very lonely um, in Germany, in my random German village during the Corona crisis. So I got time. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much, Vanessa. And cannot wait for everyone to hear this. Oh, thank you, boo. Thanks for having me. From career tips to personal finance to travel tips, Vanessa literally has it all on her Instagram. It is one of my favorites to follow. From an individual perspective, it's amazing, and from a side pitch perspective, it's even better. Much of what she talks about is how to monetize your side pitch and how to repackage it and make other people want to buy into it, which is one of the biggest questions that every entrepreneur is trying to figure out. But I don't have to tell this to you anymore. You can tell. She's awesome.
Well, that being said, that wraps up episode nine of Side Pitch. One more episode and we complete the first season. Crazy. You can find Side Pitch on anywhere you can listen to a podcast, Spotify, CastBox, Apple Music, and also check out our website, www.sidepitchpodcast.com. Check us out on Instagram at Side Pitch Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We're coming, coming for you. We're coming, coming for you.